0: Hey friends, it's Mark James and today is Wednesday, December the 6th. I'm back. I'm back when I told you I would be. I know you didn't believe me, but here I am. Because you cannot, you simply cannot leave a story half told. That would be insane. I gave you the first half last week. This week I'm going to give you the second half. Plus a few little extras about what else has been going on. And uh, I've, I've dived right into it. I'm, I'm off the mark. To be honest, I pressed record a tiny little bit before I was ready because I've been procrastinating and struggling to get going today. I had some plans. My friend Chris Congreve, I was going to record tonight, like late tonight. My friend Chris Congreve, who's a magician, was supposed to be visiting. But he got the train to Crewe. He lives in Birmingham. So you get the train from Birmingham to Crewe and then change at Preston. I don't know that you always have to do that, but that's what he was doing. So he got to crew and then got stuck. And then there was a shortage of drivers. And then the next train that was gonna be going to Preston was 90 minutes away. And the next train back to where he came from was five minutes away. So he just got the train back home instead of coming, which is obviously, you know, I totally understand. We were gonna go into town and have lunch and see my wife at work and have a walk around and talk about magic and all that sort of stuff. And then he was leaving when Sarah finished work because Aston Villa play Manchester City tonight, which is a big um, a big fixture. I'm just Googling it now because the time is, um, what's it called? Uh, it's really funny. I meant to type Aston Villa Man City and it auto-corrected to Aston Villa Anxiety. And uh, the first article that came up was about Stephen Gerrard. So, that's funny. Anyway, uh, it's on at 8 o'clock tonight. And it's on Prime. It's on Prime TV, which is going to be great. That means that rather than watching it on my MacBook, like I normally have to do with football, I can watch it on the actual television in my living room, presumably with a beer. So he was going to go home in order that I could watch that. But he didn't end up coming at all. So I ended up staying in bed for longer than I might have done because I was going to get up in time for him. I was getting up at quarter past 10 when he texted me because I was supposed to meet him at uh, five past 11. He texted me, say, I was going to walk to town and everything. He texted me saying, uh, Stuck at crew will update. So then I basically decided, right, I'll just stay in bed until he updates me. And as soon as he says he's ready and going to leave, I will get out of bed, get showered and go and meet him. And then he calls me like 40 minutes later. Yeah, this is a nightmare. I'm not coming. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm going home. So I think, all right, then so I end up staying in bed for a whole other hour. And I'll be honest, I needed it. I woke up in the bath at 5.39 a.m. this morning. After getting home last night, a shade after midnight. Actually, it was more than a shade. It was quite a dark shade. It was uh, 35 minutes past midnight, so it was closer to one than it was after midnight. But um, I got home after an incredibly long day, but the house was completely freezing because everybody had been in bed for two or three hours, and, well, at least two hours, I think. I think Sarah and Joshua, Sarah went to bed early last night, I think, and then uh, Joshua goes to bed at nine anyway and goes to sleep at ten. So... The house was cold because obviously the heating was off and they were both in bed. And I wasn't quite ready to just jump straight in bed because I still had emails to send and stuff to look at. And, you know, I wanted to read feedback from my show or, you know, see if anyone had commented. Honestly, just scroll TikTok and waste my life, you know, the usual stuff. I wanted to do all that. And I try not to do that in bed because it annoys Sarah. It keeps her awake. I tend to do that until I feel myself just kind of... You know, you're in bed and sometimes it's like a tipping point where you... Well, to be honest, the tipping point is usually when you drop your phone on your face. <laughs> you know, you just look at stuff and you just get tired and your wrist just goes and you drop your phone onto your face. That's really, that's beyond the tipping point. But I like sleep to kind of sneak up on me. I like it to kind of come out of nowhere and just take me under into the into the land of darkness Whereas if I'm not yet ready to sleep and I put my phone down, I lie there and I've got my eyes closed and I'm trying to breathe consistently, slowly. And then what I want to happen is obviously to drift off to sleep. But what actually happens is either a lyric from a song gets stuck in my head and over and over again, I just end up repeating lyrics from some sort of, song that I've heard in the last week or some song that I've randomly remembered from when I was six years old or maybe I start to get anxiety or panic about something that I've been worried about and what I'm going to do about it and the feeling that I shouldn't be in bed, I should be proactive sorting out this thing or maybe I get an idea in my head about a trick that I'm working on or wondering about some sort of thing and before you know it I'm further away from falling asleep than I was when I got into bed. And then the opposite of that is that I can be on my phone, mindlessly scrolling TikTok, looking at Instagram, reading Facebook, oh good God. A bit more mindless scrolling of TikTok, etc. And then sleep just kind of just sneaks up on you. You become aware like, oh, I'm falling asleep here. Oh, I nearly am asleep. Oh, if I just press the off button on my phone and allow the phone to gently come down into contact with the desk or the bedside table, I'll be gone. And that's what happens. You just let the phone down, and before you know it, you are asleep. And TikTok, or whatever distraction it is, has stopped my mind from running away with itself and getting lost in anxiety or trying to work something out or thoughts about some song or whatever. So sleep sneaks up on you. And I really like that. But I don't like getting in bed. Sarah won't even believe this. I don't like getting in bed and keeping her awake. (laughs) She thinks that I do it on purpose. But I don't. I do it because the alternative is that I'm awake for much longer than if I play on my phone. I play on my phone to kind of just distract myself until sleep hits. So anyway... I wasn't ready to get straight in bed, and I thought, I'll do that stuff in the bath. And I was kind of looking forward to it. I stopped to get um, a coffee on the way home from the same service station that I always stop at on the drive home from anywhere above Newcastle. Newcastle, Berwick, Hagerston Castle, Edinburgh. You always drive the same way home, down to... uh, sort of hexam across the a69 road to carlisle and then carlisle 90 miles down the motorway to home and it's on that a69 road i always stop at that service as always there's always an old guy in there same guy every time and he always remembers me all right mate i've seen you in a while or all right mate a second time in two months or whatever he just kind of knows my pattern that i go there five six times a year it's random and um i get a coffee from the ready-to-go machine, and it's a bit of a nasty coffee. It's not like a, um, there's there's kind of a, I don't, okay. We've talked about rating coffees before, so I'm not going to do that. But if you get a coffee from a pre-made machine, like a Starbucks or a Costa machine, you can choose, in the garage, the gas station, you can choose like vanilla or caramel or whatever. And I find that if I get the vanilla version, it counteracts the bitterness of the poorly made coffee of the machine and it tastes all right. Whereas when it comes to the machine in this garage, there's no vanilla or caramel option. So it is a bit of a nasty latte. It's a bit, I wouldn't even say acidic cause that's a good quality in coffee. It's just a bit not great but it gets you the rest of the way home. At the point that I'm buying this coffee, I'm just under 100 miles from home. I'm 99.1 miles from home. I told you I've done this drive a lot. And so I got a coffee, but as I was standing there, I got the coffee, I've set the machine away, and I walked round to the counter, and I got one of those, um, have you had the Cadbury's chocolate puds? It's like a little circle about the size of... A small Christmas bauble, like not as big as a pool or a snooker ball, like a small Christmas bauble. I mean, if it was in your hand, you could close your fingers around it, but not to the point that it became invisible. (laughs) That's the measurement that I'm giving you. That's how you have to guess how big this thing is. Anyway, it's a Christmas pud, it's called. And it's basically two halves of a chocolate sphere. But you, when you... Take it out of the foil wrapper thing. It'll break in half into two separate bits. It's got some texture in it. They're really nice. Anyway, it's just a really nice chocolate thing. And I got one of those as well. And I said to the guy, just this and the latte, large latte out of the machine. And he said, all right. And he charged me and I walked back to the machine where my latte was just finishing making. I think you can tell someone's a gas station uh, professional, like customer when they do that, when you set the coffee machine away and then you go to the counter and pay for it and then you walk back to the coffee machine to collect it because you've done it so many times that you know you're wasting time waiting for the coffee to be made in order to pay for it because they don't scan your cup to charge you for the coffee. They scan the little receipt that comes out of the machine or if it's not one of those kind of machines, they just ask you which one you bought. So waiting for your actual coffee is pointless. So um, I did that, I grabbed my coffee, I got back in the car and I came home. But as I was in the garage thinking about getting home, I'd started to think to myself, don't sit now for two minutes and look on Instagram or TikTok, just get in the car and drive home and save it till you get home, run the bath, get in the bath and let more things build up, you know, new things and have a look at them then. So that's what I did. Even though it was half past 12 when I got in just after, I ran the bath. I got in the bath while it was still running because I was so keen to be in the warm water. And then I looked at all the stuff and I reckon about three minutes later, I was absolutely bang out asleep, Um, game over. So I woke up at 5.39 AM and thought to myself, well, this is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're probably thinking I bet I must have been freezing, but no, I woke up loads of times in the four or five hours that I was in the bath, but we've got a pretty good outlet at the end of the bath that lets the water run out, you know, an overflow, the holes in it are quite wide and there's a few, so it's really, really hard to overflow our bath. So I turned on the tap, the hot tap again, and just let hot water come into the bath, and then when it was warm enough again, turned it off, and then, you know, an hour later, did the same again, but there's no requirement to let the water out manually by leaning forward to the plug. You just can put extra water in and let the overflow take care of it. And that's what I do. So I put fresh hot water in the bath probably once an hour. On one occasion, I was so tired waking up. It's so stupid that I do this by the way, but I do it. Not only do I do it, I do it sometimes three and four times a week. I accidentally turned the cold tap on. I used the wrong foot. And the cold tap kicked off and um, the bath started to get freezing, but my brain was so tired that I couldn't work out what was going on. So I just laid there cold thinking, why is the water cold? The hot tap must be cold. It'll heat up in a second and that'll counteract everything. And then I looked down and squinted my eyes and realised I'd accidentally turned the cold tap on. And I honestly at that moment thought about getting out. For some reason, I didn't. Not only, by the way, am I in the bath, but my phone, my iPhone, my expensive iPhone is just laid on my chest. (laughs) But my chest isn't under the water because I'm six foot one. So, you know, unless my legs are up the wall, there's no danger of my head going under the water. I'm absolutely not going to die in the bath or anything. But, um... It was. It's. It's not good. It's not a great thing to be doing, and I do it all the time. To so finally woke up at five thirty nine, and I come to bed, and um, yeah, I was disappointed not to see Chris, but I'll be honest. When it meant I could stay in bed for another hour, I wasn't. I certainly wasn't in tears. So Chris and I will rearrange. Why was I so tired? It was because yesterday I got up at five a.m. to go and talk at a school. I went to a school in the northeast. Where my friend, who I went to school with is the head of drama, and I'd booked a show last night at Magic Box in Killingworth near Newcastle, which is um what's it called which is a um magic shop, but they've got a theatre space in there, and so i'd booked the i'd booked the gig in there. And then I told my friend that I was doing it and she said, well, do you want to come in and talk to the kids? And they got a budget and everything and it made it worthwhile doing. So I went in and I did four sessions, four basically one hour sessions. I think they were 50 minutes, 55 minutes, where I talked about my life story, how I became a magician, exactly what happened at every step of the way and how sometimes I was lucky and sometimes I worked hard. But in all instances, I got lucky because I was already prepared to be able to take opportunity. I talked about being prepared to be ready for opportunity and how that had affected my life. And I talked about, um, spotlight, which is a website that actors and, you know, performers used to get work. I talked about, uh, things you will need to succeed in this business. I talked about all the different jobs I'd done and places I'd worked within entertainment, which opportunities are still available, what people can expect to get paid in those various opportunities. Basically it was a careers based talk. And, um, I I did it. I I you know, went for went through the whole thing. And it was good. It was really good. It was intense doing that amount of time four times in a row just talking about your life. But the kids really seemed to get something out of it, which was great and enjoyed it. And my friend was really pleased that she booked me and said it went really well and uh, would like to have me back to do it yearly and certainly was going to recommend me for other schools to do it as well. Uh, I won't name the school or anything, but it's quite a posh middle school in the northeast of England. And so they have kids from like 12 to 18. It's a strange span of years for a school in England. But in that area, a lot of schools work that way. So it doesn't really narrow it down. But um, that's why I was so tired, because I had to get up at five o'clock in order to do that, to go and drive up there and be there all day. And then I went to Newcastle and set up the show. Then I went to my mum's near Sunderland to go for a poo (laughs) and have a shower. And then I went back to Newcastle and did the show. And that was two halves. And then I drove home. So by the time I got home, I was battered. I should have just gone to bed, but um, I didn't. But I did fall asleep quickly in the bath and then I went to bed and I think my hand had been in the water while I was asleep because I had basically no fingerprints at all. It's quite dangerous to leave your hand in water like that for that long. I don't think it's good for your skin or anything at all. But my fingerprints were so wrinkly. It was insane. And so I very specifically remember wedging my hand in between my two pillows and putting my head on top of it so that the pressure would push my fingers down into the pillows in the hope of drawing more water out I thought that would be a good way to just help my fingers get back to normal quicker and then I woke up this morning and my fingers were all back to normal it was only on my left hand but uh, my fingers were all back to normal so that was a relief <laughs> <laughs> anyway so that was what happened yesterday and that's what's been happening in the basics in general nothing more exciting really to tell you about this last week since i last recorded i did that on tuesday just gone that was yesterday and i did uh two Tattershaw lake shows i did uh, the thursday show which is one show and i did the double on the saturday which was fine as well so um all was good basically all has been very good And, yeah, now I've got to tell you about America. I've just drank the last bit of my drink, so what I'm going to do is go and get another drink, and then the second part of this recording will be all about uh, the rest of America. And I've got notes, so let me just go and get... I I don't know why I even tell you. I should just pause and do it. I should know by now it makes no difference to you. But here we are, 18 minutes, taking a pause. All right, we're back. I've got a drink. Joshua's nearly home, so... I was just gonna ask you what you think I should do, whether you think I should pause when he comes in, or whether I should just wait for him to come in and let him uh you know exert his influence and personality onto the podcast. Who knows what he'll say? <laughs> I always get nervous when he comes in, in case he says something absolutely mental that wouldn't be great to broadcast. <laughs> I'll be honest. That's never happened. Oh, it might have happened. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. But usually I pause and then I start recording again so that anything he says can be quickly deleted rather than having to do a full edit and all that sort of stuff. It's, uh, it's a lot of hassle. Anyway, so let me get my notes open. You'd think I'd have done that in the interim, wouldn't you? But I haven't. I haven't done it. What are you going to do? So here we go. Podcast. Boom. I, by the way, I said podcast then instead of a podcast. So I told you about Friday in Chicago. Didn't I tell you about all of this? Where was that? Where was I up to? I think I, did I get all the way up until Monday? For some reason, my notes have still got loads of stuff in. Oh my God, this is a nightmare. I'm going to have to go and listen to the end of the other podcast. Hold on, for God's sake. All right, I'm back for the third time. So what confused me is when I opened up my notes and it said Saturday and I'm still in Chicago in the notes. And I'm thinking, I thought that I'd stop the podcast when I'd completely finished talking about Chicago. But actually, I talked about Friday and the lead up to America, but I hadn't talked about anything beyond there. And then LA, I left all that for this week. Um, So what's, what's a new development actually in line with Chicago is that that's where Kevin is from. In Home Alone. And in our living room now, if you go and look on my Instagram, you'll see that Sarah has finished the Home Alone Lego house with the tree house and the side building and the, um, it's actually the back building, but it's a ridiculous way to make the Home Alone house because you need to put it in a really wide space, you know, a deep space to have a building on the back that you can't really see. I realise that it's correct to what the house looks like, but anyway, we've put ours just slightly off to the side so you can see everything but the side building is a bit you know sort of it's i don't know why they've included it uh the wet bandits van with the two wet bandits in it kevin on a sled all of the different people it's fantastic and it opens up but sarah also got the lighting kit as well and the lighting kit is remarkable It's honestly, the amount of work it must have taken her to fit the lighting kit, because it's no easy peasy job. I mean, every window has got lights around the entirety of it, tiny little lights around the entirety of it. It's honestly amazing. So she's done that as well. So that's up in our house and we've redecorated all of our living room and it's got uh, new pictures up and I've got the brown chair that I told you about and all of that stuff. But now it's also got Christmas decorations in and the Home Alone house. And here I am talking about Chicago. Very exciting. So what happened in Chicago? Remember that on the plane, I planned all of these things out ahead of time to do them. So Chicago's plans were preset. We went to Al's Italian Beef in the morning. It opens at 10.30am. Now, 10.30am is very, very early to be eating a thick, beef-filled, dripping wet sandwich. But it was the only time we could get time to eat it and get on with everything else we were going to do that day. So we went. We walked into Al's Beef. Now, it's on the corner and inside it's a corner shaped restaurant and you go up to the counter and a guy who, I don't know if he was Italian or not, asks you what you want and you order and his first question is, do you want it uh, wet, do you want it dry, something else or dipped, maybe he said dry, wet or dipped and I said dipped. So that means that they fill it with this shaved Italian beef and then they dip the entire thing in this thin gravy. Now, I knew that was going to be great because in the Northeast, we have these saveloy dips and it's basically a sausage sandwich, like a smoked pork sausage sandwich with uh, stuffing in it. And then as well as stuffing, the kind that you have with turkey at Christmas, as well as that, they dip the whole thing in like a thin gravy. And so... It, it's not so wet that you can't hold it. But if you don't do that, the sandwich would be quite dry. So we got it wet and we split it between us. We got something else as well. Oh, there's provolone cheese in it and, and a few other things. So we ordered a couple of menu items. Joshua and I both loved it. Sarah liked it, but it's not her immediate thing. It'd be like if we went to a hummus restaurant and, you know, I would like it, she would love it, but it wouldn't be my immediate thing. That's where we're at. So we did that. And then we walked a tiny bit further down the road to Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field is, of course, home of the Chicago Cubs baseball team. And we did the tour. It was my second time doing the tour and I liked it more the second time because We went to different places to begin with. The tour guide, I think, was a bit better. I learned more about it. And I just continue to fall in love with the idea of baseball. Unfortunately, you can't really watch baseball in the UK. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to watch televised games because they're so rarely that it's not a thing here. Baseball isn't a thing here, so you can't really watch it. I'm certain that if I lived in Chicago, I would go to at least one Chicago Cubs baseball game a week. I mean, they play three and four times a week. Baseball's mad. They have their season and they play like 150 games a season. It's nuts. Compared to football, where they play, you know, 40 games in a season or 38 games in a season. Depends what league you're in, I suppose. Um, Compared to that... It's honestly crazy how many games they play, but also the intensity of it on the players is much less. It's probably not as hard on the body. I mean, you couldn't play four games of football a week, 90-minute games, you just couldn't do it. But um, I just love it. I love baseball so much. I've seen so many baseball movies in my life that I've really romanticised it as a sport. And I'd really like to go and see more of it. I watched the entire... 2016 Cubs World Series game on YouTube it took like five hours (laughs) so it's like cricket in that respect slightly shorter than cricket they've actually changed some of the rules to make baseball games faster which is quite interesting but I really enjoyed it and I'd like to go and see more in real life. Sarah and I are going to Nashville in February and Vanderbilt have got their preseason, season and I've looked into it already and we can go and watch a baseball game at Vanderbilt. Vandy, as they call it. And I, as soon as we came out, I wanted to go in the shop and buy merch and I bought Joshua a uh, a, a hat a beanie kind of hat, you know, like a woolly uh, woolly hat with the Cubs logo on the front. And he loves it. He wears it to school every single day. And I bought like a fleecy uh, three-quarter zip, you know, where the zip starts in the middle of your chest and just goes up to the top. A three-quarter zip fleece top with a Cubs logo on in Cubs colors. And I, I love that too. I would have bought a Cubs jersey like a regular supporters one. But honestly, they are out of their minds with how much they charge for them. When you think that like a Premier League football shirt is about 70 to 80 pounds for Premier League and then you've got baseball shirts and they're like 120 pounds. It's honestly bananas. I can't believe it. Joshua is walking into the house as we speak it, as we speak. So uh, we did the tour, learned a bunch. Funny tour, guys. Joshua asked some uh, questions on the tour and stuff and got some laughs. And then now he walks to school in the hat. I'm gonna call him in. Hey, up. Hi, hey friends. Oh, he said, hey friends. Come in a sec, I'm recording. Okay. He's just taking his shoes off. He's about to walk into the door, looking freezing, I would imagine, because it's incredibly cold outside and it's incredibly warm in here. Cause I've got the heating on and I'm in the corner in my brown leather chair, living my dream. This kid has no sense of timing. And I'm spanning out, waiting for him to walk in. Hey, dude! How's it going? Oh, you've got a tie on. I thought you didn't have a tie on because your tie was left over the yellow chair.
1: It turns out there was also my emergency one
0: in my bag. Ah, good, right. I
1: always keep an emergency one. Listen,
0: room in my bag. shut the door because it's freezing. Doc, come I think he needs a wee. Doc, do you need a wee, wees Oh, he needs a wee. You've got to let him out. Also, why have you got your jumper tucked into your tra- uh, pants? You look mental. It just happened. Right, oh, to keep warm. Yeah. Right, do you need a wee-wee's? Go on the I'm <coughs> desperate. The less gaps there are. Oh, my God, I'm sorry, friends. Hi, friends. Don't come back in until you're both back in. Shut the door! For God's sake, he leaves the door open all the time. Do you know how cold it is in this house? I know. Good Lord, man. Honestly, that kid is incapable of walking through a door and closing oh it on his... God. No, I'm good, thanks, buddy. Get yourself one though. Thank you. You're welcome, right. I don't know why he's thanking me for getting himself a drink. So anyway. <laughs> so we did the uh, we did the Wrigley Field tour and I loved it. And I continue to fall in love with baseball. Just wish I could watch more. If anyone knows a way that I can do that in the UK, let me know. I should let me just specify, sorry. If anybody knows me knows a way I can do it in the UK without having to buy an Apple TV box because I know I can subscribe to the MLB package on that. But also the season doesn't start until March. So there's no rush. I'm not going to subscribe now. There's still three and a half months until any baseball is played apart from preseason and all that sort of stuff. So there's that. Then we went for a Chicago hot dog right near Wrigley Field, the closest place we could find. We went to two places, actually. We went to one that Sarah and I had been to before, which was called North Street Hot Dogs or something. And then we also went to the Wiener Circle. The Wiener's Circle is where, it's, it's kind of a famous place where people get hot dogs, but you also get shouted at. The staff, it's like, um, it's like Karen's Diner for people in the UK. If you know what Karen's Diner's like, It's like that, but the staff kind of shout at you a little bit, which is kind of weird. Uh, Anyway, a Chicago hot dog, for those of you who are not au fait. And by the way, Chicago has a lot of links with amazing food. Like the Italian beef sandwich is one thing, of course. But... I was grabbing a quick drink there. There's also the Chicago hot dog and Chicago pizza. Now... Chicago pizza is a hotly contested topic because my belief was that Chicago pizza was deep dish pizza and of course when you say Chicago deep dish what you mean is like a like a quiche like a pie a thick pizza but what true Chicagoans mean when they say Chicago pizza is they're talking about pizza that they call tavern style. So it's actually a thin pizza, but rather than being cut into triangular slices, it is sliced across uh, many times and then across the other way many times, so that you end up with um, you end up with small squares, like small squares of pizza. The the circular pizza or a square pizza are cut into small squares of pizza and they call that tavern style. So true Chicagoans, they think that that's what Chicago pizza is. People who are not from Chicago, like me, uh, believe that Chicago pizza is thick deep dish, but we had both. Uh, The deep dish doesn't come yet though, I'll come back to that, because we're currently talking about the Chicago style hot dog. Now, Chicago hot dog is an all-beef Frankfurter, and they like, in Chicago, Vienna beef. I don't honestly know what the difference is between Vienna beef. Let me just Google this, Vienna beef, to see if it's just... Is it beef? Oh, okay. So Vienna beef is a a company name. It's a main manufacturer of the hot dog used in a classic-style Chicago hot dog. What is special about Vienna beef? When you bite into a Vienna beef, there's no mistaking that familiar snap. Always firm and juicy. Sounds like a like a butt. <laughs> it's easy to tell our Franks apart from competitors. No antibiotics, no hormones, fillers, artificial colours or flavourings. So 100% Vienna beef. That's the company hot dog. And that is inside of a poppy seed bun, quite a small poppy seed bun. Um topped with yellow mustard, neon green sweet pickle relish, chopped white onion, tomato slices, a dill pickle sphere, a spear, which we would understand as being a gherkin basically, uh pickled sport peppers, which are just sort of like tiny little full vine peppers uh, and celery salt. Celery salt is very important on a Chicago hot dog. You'll notice that there's no ketchup. You are basically thrown out of Chicago if you dare to ask for ketchup on your hot dog. But rather than putting ketchup, they put full slices of tomato. So... I don't know which one wins, really. All I will say is I enjoy having a Chicago hot dog when I'm in Chicago because it's a tradition and it's a local thing. But I wouldn't pick a Chicago-style hot dog over a regular hot dog, which, I don't know, is that a New York hot dog? I mean, you talk about New York pizza and Chicago pizza. I, I think a hot dog, as we understand it elsewhere, grilled onions which, by the way, I actually like chopped fresh onion on a hot dog, but grilled onions, cheese, in my case, I like a bit of cheese, um, ketchup and mustard. That's my hot dog. I'm all right about the Chicago one, but I wouldn't choose it. But I do like deep dish pizza. Um, so I, we did all that. We had the... Um, We had the Chicago Dog, and then we explored Wrigleyville. And Wrigleyville is the area where Wrigley Field is. Like Andersonville is the area where the Chicago Magic Lounge is. I quite like that they call places Ville, something Ville. Feels very 1920s. I suppose, actually, Chicago feels very 1920s. You know, there's kind of all the Chicago links with the mob and all that sort of thing. And the 1920s is a huge time of that. Prohibition, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, all of those things. Chicago kind of is a very 1920s place. I've never made that link before, but I suppose that's why I like it so much. And a lot of the architecture remains kind of unchanged from what you see in those old, you know, Chicago gangster period movies. So it was kind of interesting. That is my favorite era in time. You know, the 1920s is like the biggest age of vaudeville, the start of cinema, which kind of clicked towards the end of vaudeville um the first world war was done and people were kind of getting back together and getting out there just kind of it's an interesting period in time and so i've always liked it and chicago i suppose lives in it a little bit interesting so that was uh, that was saturday and then the usual thing happened saturday which is that i went to work and sarah and joshua did their own thing. Now, Sarah and Joshua doing their own thing was supposed to be the two of them going out to restaurants or eating in various places and exploring the city. But what Sarah and Joshua's own thing ended up being is them two going to American supermarkets to buy snacks, then going back to the hotel and then starting to watch The Walking Dead on Netflix or Prime in the hotel on the TV, and then falling asleep before they ate any of the snacks and waking up when I walked in after my gigs after midnight because they were both really struggled to get over the jet lag until we got to California, and Sarah's always like that. She always really struggles with the jet lag when we get there, but seems to recover very quickly from it when we get home. Whereas I'm the opposite. I have no problem with the jet lag when we get there because I just have to go to work. But I usually take weeks to get back on schedule when we get home because I have no routine at home. So I'll end up getting back and then staying up until three and four in the morning and getting out of bed at 12 the next day and all sorts. And I don't like it, but I kind of struggle. And I suppose that makes sense. The reason I don't struggle with jet lag when we get there is that my routine is that I have to go to work. So I'm straight into it. Whereas Sarah is basically on holiday. And so she struggles with it there. Whereas when we get home, she has full routine and has to go straight back to work. And usually I'm on holiday, but at home. So I don't. So maybe that's why maybe the kind of requirement of going to work makes you get over jet lag quicker. I don't know. But I know that both of them struggled with jet lag when we got to Chicago. uh, And that lasted probably until the last day of it. And certainly it was done with by the time we got to California. So I did my two shows on Saturday night, two busy shows, two great audiences. I just, I know I talked about it already last week, but I just love working in Chicago and performing for those crowds. Like they have a really good sense of theater And audiences are really well-practiced. They know how to behave. They know what things are supposed to look like. And they understand all the theatrical conventions. And they are just great to perform for. Chicago audiences are among the best in the world. And so I very much enjoyed that. Um, And then that leads us to Sunday, Sunday in Chicago, where a lot of crazy things happened. And I'm going to bring Joshua in a little bit to talk about the crazy things uh, while I do. So let's do that. All right, friends, please welcome to the podcast. It's Joshua James.
1: Hey, friends. Here he is.
0: Right, kid, I brought you on very quickly to talk about your experience of America just for a few minutes. And then I'm going to continue with the rest of the story myself. But tell me. Did you have a great time in America? Loved it. Which place did you enjoy best? Because we went to Chicago first, then we went to LA. I
1: honestly can't decide. They were both so amazing.
0: Okay, good. So what was your favourite thing about Chicago?
1: Uh, I really liked the bean.
0: The bean.
1: It's just such a strange idea. Like a giant metallic bean in the centre of a park.
0: Can you remember what the official name for the bean is? Because that's the local nickname for it. It
1: was... Something Park.
0: No, it was Millennium Park. Yeah, but what was the real name for the bean? Ooh, don't know that one. Cloud Gate. Cloud Gate. Yeah, do you remember us talking about that? But
1: it's a bean. (laughs) I know,
0: but it reflects the sky and everything, doesn't it? True. So the artist that made it called it Cloud Gate, but how can the the bean can't be your favorite thing? There's loads of reasons it can't be. Number one is that firstly, it's a giant metal kidney bean. The second reason it can't be is that you only saw it for about five minutes. And the third reason is you couldn't see it properly because it was obscured with annoying construction work.
1: I just, I can't decide. Like, I I love the 360, but it was a bit terrifying. Well, I
0: haven't talked about the 360 yet. Oh,
1: you've not told them?
0: I'm still just, I've just finished talking about Saturday, so I haven't got to Sunday or Monday yet. So, so I'll tell you what. Well, I can't f- believe you've
1: not told the friends. I
0: know you like the bean, but you like the idea of the bean a lot. And we bought you a small model of the bean.
1: Bean.
0: Which is in your bedroom. Beans. Yeah. So, let's put the bean to one side for a second. Yeah. And... What was your favourite food in Chicago? Bearing in mind you had Al's Italian beef.
1: That was really good. You had. Maybe.
0: Chicago hot dog. You had deep dish pizza.
1: I can't decide what's my favourite, but I loved Portillo's.
0: Ah, well, that's a bit of a cheat answer, isn't it? Because in Chicago. Because you had Margie's Candies as well, this ice cream. Uh... That was with Just Mummy. Do you remember going? Oh, yeah,
1: that was so good. I accidentally turned off the lights in the entire restaurant.
0: Did you? I didn't know about that.
1: I was in the bathroom and I saw some random switches and I just thought, yeah, why not? So I flicked them. Hang I on, hang run. on,
0: hang on. In a different country, <laughs> a British child goes to the bathroom.
1: Yeah.
0: In a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> sees some random switches.
1: I thought they were the bathroom light switches.
0: But why would you switch the lights off in the bathroom anyway?
1: I don't know.
0: So you flicked some switches that you didn't know what they were for?
1: I came out and the lights were off and I got there. And mummy said, oh, this is lovely. They've turned the lights off. And then I realised that might be my fault.
0: So what happened then?
1: And the woman went to turn them on. I came over and Mummy was like, I'm so sorry about it. And he didn't know what they And I was freaking out because i just turned the lights off in an entire restaurant. What
0: have you learned there?
1: Flick random switches every time you see them.
0: No, leave random switches alone.
1: <laughs> but I like pressing buttons and flicking switches.
0: That's ridiculous. That's insane. Okay, so... Good, so you've nearly brought down an entire restaurant. Yep. Imagine what else (laughs) those switches could be. Mind you, the restaurant, I suppose, shouldn't really have the switches just open and unmarked. Yeah. In the middle of a corridor where the bathroom is.
1: No, it wasn't a corridor. It was like this little thing. I hit my head on it. Uh, And there's the door. And you go in. And there's a lock on the door. Because it's a bathroom. And it's just like a bathroom. A little bathroom. And...
0: (laughs) You're going to say a little bastard room there? Because no, no, no. if you were, you'd fit in perfectly. No, 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 no. I'm not allowed right, to say that. You picked the right room there, wasn't I? am
1: to say that. <laughs> what does that even mean?
0: Well, it's good that you don't know. It means I've never called you that before. <laughs> but you nearly said it, not me.
1: I didn't need to. <laughs>
0: So there was a hidden box that you clearly shouldn't have been looking at. No,
1: it wasn't. I, I, I went in and they were on the wall literally painted in pink as well because like, it was painted pink for some reason. Right. I just saw these switches on the wall in a little box, not marked.
0: In a little box?
1: No, like on a little box. Like There's a little box protruding from the wall with four switches on it. I flicked all four of them and yeah. Good thing none of those were the self-destruct switch.
0: Yeah, the ice cream self-destruct. You'd have ended up in a (laughs) -a knickerbocker glory. You'd have ended up shredded into bits. Do you want hundreds and thousands of bits of Joshua? Yeah. Okay, good. So, what did you like best? You had Al's Italian beef. You had the Chicago hot dog, which I was just talking about and said it was not my favourite.
1: I feel like pickles is an odd choice.
0: On a hot dog? Yeah. I agree with you completely. I also don't
1: like the spicy peppers.
0: The sport peppers they call them.
1: I like spice, but not like pain spice.
0: Was odd. What about the deep dish pizza?
1: It had me dying for days.
0: Yeah, that nearly finished you off. I
1: destroyed the trailer bathroom.
0: Yeah, well again, you've had another bathroom incident. You're either (laughs) flicking switches or nearly closing down entire towns with the size of your turds. Daddy! You're the one who said you destroyed the bathroom.
1: I mean, that is a bit my fault, yeah.
0: But, you know, the pizza, the deep dish pizza did have quite an effect on it. I did not need that. No. What about uh, the supermarkets in America? What do you think of them?
1: Honestly, like a little underground alleyway shop in America is ten times better than, like, premium Like a big supermarket in England. I
0: agree with you. The supermarkets in America are insane.
1: We literally went to like, you know, a little underground shop. Yeah. And it was so much better than like booths and marks and expensives.
0: Marks and spensives. Yeah, they had everything. It was great. Um, Well, Joshua's choice is Portillo's. Is that what you're saying is your best place that you ate? Yeah. The reason I think you like Portillo's the best is that firstly, it was the first time you went out to eat at night, which is always exciting, isn't it? And kind of romanticised because it's dark outside and there's nice lights and we're all out in the cold together with big coats on, huddled along and the three of us ate out together on the night time and all the breaks were off because I'd performed my last show. And I came off stage and picked up you two and said... I am eating everything in this town tonight because it doesn't matter if the suit fits anymore. Let's just absolutely (laughs) go mental.
1: We should have gone to more places. Well,
0: that's why... Well, we couldn't. We were too full. But that's why I think you like that experience. But also Portillo's...
1: It's really good. Also, they have a... It's a great, like, decoration.
0: Well, it is cool. It looks like a sort of... uh,
1: there's our Tommy gun on
0: the wall. Yeah, it's very gangster decorated, which I was talking about as well. But the reason I think you like the food of Portillos is that say Saturday we went and had, uh, or Friday we went and ate food somewhere and had like you know cheesecake or whatever, and that we had cheesecake factory, didn't we? We did have like cheesecake factory three
1: times because it's so good.
0: Well, I only had it twice. Did you have it three times? I
1: think
0: so. Did you? You went with Mummy as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I only had it twice, but um. Yeah, so they have that. And then Saturday we went and we had uh, Al's Italian beef and then we had a Chicago hot dog and then pizza and all that stuff. And Portillo's is kind of like a food amusement park because they have everything. Like when you go for Italian beef, you go to an Italian beef place and all they sell is Italian beef. And then you go to a Chicago hot dog place and all they sell is a Chicago hot dog. But when you go to Portillo's, They've got it all. Yeah, it's like an indoor food market kind of thing where you can get everything. So I suppose it was like a greatest hits record of Chicago food. And that's why you liked it. Because I was like, let's just eat everything. We took all the breaks off. And when they delivered the food to our table, what did it have on it? A Chicago hot dog, an Al's Italian beef, cake, pizza, basically everything.
1: No offence, Al, if you're listening to this. So the the Patillo's like, Italian beef probably better than the Al's.
0: You liked it better than Al's? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's loads of different Italian beef sandwiches, loads of places that have them.
1: The only thing that I have against like a, an Italian beef sandwich is condiments. It needs condiments, like bread, beef bread. Mm. It, it is like, dipped,
0: though. It's dipped in gravy. It
1: was. That was actually really good. But I feel like it needs some, like, oh, my mouth's watering. thinking about it.
0: What would you have had on it?
1: Maybe some like lettuce, some, some mayo, lettuce. like some spicy
0: mayo. Oh no, 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 that sounds gross.
1: Delicious.
0: On a dipped sandwich.
1: Maybe not with the dip, although, <laughs> although,
0: <low. laughs> okay, so I was good. So I talked about Friday and Saturday already, obviously Friday we kind of, um, I can't remember exactly what we did because I talked about it last week, but this week I talked about going to Wrigley Field. What did you think of the Chicago Cubs tour?
1: Wow.
0: You liked it? Hmm. What was your favourite part?
1: Well, I sat in the same room where, like, Babe Ruth sat.
0: That's interesting. I haven't talked about that on this podcast yet. I did talk about the tour a little bit, but we went into the away team changing room. And so why is that cool? Why is the away team changing room cool?
1: Because it's had all different, like, famous people in there. And which band was it that made them remove the carpets?
0: Uh was it the Rolling Stones or someone had a party in there yeah. and a crazy thing? And they ruined wasn't the like carpet. Or well who's allowed in the Cubs Home Team dressing room?
1: The Cubs Home Team.
0: Only the Cubs Home Team.
1: Because they keep stuff in there, like the bats and stuff.
0: Well, even in the off season they keep personal items, don't they? What else is in there, do you remember? What do they have for the players that the players can they use? Yeah,
1: like a full like food
0: court. Yeah, they have a restaurant, they have a barber shop, all sorts of stuff. It's very much home away from home for them. But the only people that go in there are the Cubs home team, right? Yeah. But who goes in the away dressing room?
1: Everyone.
0: Every other baseball team. And whenever they have concerts on there, every single person that sings there, so Lady Gaga, uh, U2, Coldplay, all of those people have played there. But also the away teams go in there, and the away teams include Babe Ruth in the past, and when Michael Jordan, the basketball player, played baseball for a season, he went in there. All of those people got changed in there, and you went in there as well. That's pretty cool. What about the what about the green fence around the – the the? Um, you remember the green yeah. plant fence thing?
1: You don't even know how much I wanted to, like, go up and shake it and see if any balls came out.
0: Yeah, because when they – because it's around the edge of the pitch – the, um, and
1: the balls get stuck in there and they'll just say, oh, we've lost the ball.
0: You don't want to get your balls stuck in there.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
0: But uh, yeah, apparently loads of balls go in there when they're playing. So when you shake it, the plants, it's like vine plants. When you shake them, apparently loads of balls fall out that have been hit. And you could sell those for big money. Do you remember the balls that were for sale in the gift shop? That's the balls? Well, all sorts of different ones.
1: That's bases balls?
0: Yeah, well, they, they... Oh, do you hear the dog yawn there? <laughs> uh, balls from games. They sell them in the gift shop, but they tell you what that ball was, so it'll it'll say the pitcher, and it'll say the batter, and it'll say which game it was and what was scored off that pitch. And then they'll sell that baseball for like $200, 300 500 $2,000, depending on what it was. Some of those balls were expensive, but they were all game-used. But it's funny, because every baseball game must use... I mean, loads of balls. Yeah, hundreds. But yeah, potentially hundreds. I don't really know the figures. I can't think. But you enjoyed the Cubs stadium tour. Yeah. You've been wearing a Cubs hat
1: for ages
0: since we got back every day. Has anyone at school asked you about it? N-
1: not really.
0: Nobody's asked you what that hat means.
1: Honestly, <laughs> just kids. They're rubbish.
0: Well, you're a kid. I hate them. Yeah, me too. You're a kid. I know. (laughs) But I love you. You're one of the few that I can stand. Uh, Some of the kids in your school are all right. I talked at it, didn't I? I did a talk where I did magic at your school for kids in year 10 and spoke to them about using languages for their jobs. How did that go?
1: They must be a lot nicer in front of you than in front of, like, students.
0: Right. Well, they were very polite to me in general.
1: That's good.
0: How has that affected your time at school, me going in?
1: Uh, A lot of people always come up to me and say like, oh, your dad's the best.
0: Has it suddenly made you think I'm cool?
1: You, I already knew you were cool.
0: <laughs> well, I'm definitely not cool.
1: You're a cool dad. Well,
0: I'll take that. Thanks, buddy. You're a cool kid. Well, let's move on to Sunday then. I Why wish you...
1: I was too cool for school, but I still have to go.
0: That's right, baby. High five. <laughs> so let's talk about Sunday then there's bits that you were there and bits when I was by myself and I was by myself a lot on Sunday because I had to go lecture for the Chicago Magicians and then I also did shows for the Chicago Magicians but I hung out with Sarah and Joshua beforehand and I hung out with them in between and then I hung out with them again afterwards which is when we went to Portillo's was that
1: the day we got the hot,
0: the uh, tacos? Uh, I don't think I had tacos with you, did I? no,
1: you had some but then you had to go
0: Oh, yeah, that is the day. You're absolutely right. Yeah, sorry.
1: That was another bathroom incident that we're not going to talk about.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't have a bathroom incident that day. I did, though. Oh, okay. (laughs) He's got got a very serious face on when he said that. Well, uh, That that
1: bathroom's still out of service. Let's not talk about it. No,
0: let's not. (laughs) Well, let's talk about how the day started. Firstly, I was running, wasn't I? I got up and ran.
1: Yeah.
0: In the freezing cold. But then we went to Tilt 360. Yeah, so tell us about Tilt 360.
1: Well, one, I think my mum and dad were drunk because they got me really these drunk margaritas.
0: Right, try and say that again, where people can actually understand what you're saying <laughs> instead of <laughs> laughing your way through it like Scooby-Doo.
1: <laughs> I'm really yeah, good at doing the thing. We did
0: have margaritas at 10am. It was part of the experience, so what I'll just say it is...
1: probably did not help you guys on the... T-
0: no, there's a thing called Chicago 360. It's the second tallest building in Chicago. We
1: have the cloud Bar, cups.
0: We do. The only place that's taller is uh, the Sears Tower. Chicago 360 is the ta- second tallest building in Chicago. And the guy who owns the Chicago Magic Lounge, Joey organized it for us as a family, as a gift. So he emailed me tickets that he'd organized with the place. It's quite an expensive experience. It would have cost us like $160 or something for us to pay for it ourselves. But Joey sorted it out for us because he's a very kind person. Might've even been more than that, but he took care of it. and. the three of us went there and uh, had a great time. So we first... And by the way, he included the margaritas package. Part of the experience is that you go and you get a drink as well and you have it at 1,000 feet in the air. But alcohol affects you at 1,000 feet in the air more strongly than it would on the ground. So, I mean, you felt your ears pop and everything when you went up there. So we went in. What's the first thing that happens? What do you have to go in to get up there?
1: A big elevator.
0: A big elevator. But a it's bit- pretty fast. You go up fast. You feel your ears pop Twice.
1: I don't know whether you should call it an elevator or a plane.
0: Well, it was high. Then you come out and you see Chicago. What are your thoughts?
1: One, who gave the elevator weed? What do you mean? You said the elevator was high, but um.
0: Good lord.
1: <laughs> Insert drum effects.
0: Yeah. So we go in the elevator and up we go. You get out onto the platform. And you can see all of Chicago in every direction from a 1,000 feet in the air.
1: As soon as you get out of the elevator, you're facing the sea. I mean, should I say, the lake.
0: That is correct. Well, remember, it's a lake. Do you remember what the lake's called?
1: Lake Michigan.
0: Lake Michigan, that's right. Good.
1: That's just mental to me, that, like, that's a lake.
0: It's so big you, you can't, can't see. You can't even
1: see the end of it. Yeah. Not even the Lake District has that big lakes. No, that's true. That, like... Lake Michigan is, like, bigger than England.
0: I don't know if it's bigger than England, but it is big.
1: (sighs) On the map, it looks like it.
0: Well, the map isn't proportionally correct. Yeah. But we get out. What did you think of the views?
1: Amazing. Yeah? I think I could see the hotel. Like, I I had to lean to see the hotel.
0: Yeah, well, the hotel's next door.
1: I know. It was that small compared to... Like 360.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, when we were in the hotel and we were staying on the 14th floor and it felt high, right? It felt like a big hotel.
1: Yeah. And it was a big hotel. It was a really big hotel.
0: But when we went up the lift in Chicago 360, we were on the 98th floor. So it made the hotel look tiny.
1: Yeah.
0: It was quite crazy. It felt like the 928th. Yeah, we were up there. And then we had our margaritas, Sarah and I. And um, I did feel it straight away. And then we go in the tilt. So the tilt oh, is no. like a small room, which is part of the floor that you're on. And imagine like a le- the window is kind of a ledge. So you step onto the ledge, but there's thick glass between you and the outside. But each glass window pane, which goes from floor to ceiling and is about three feet wide, it has handles on either side, has metal handles on either side that you hold on to. So imagine you're in a press-up position, but standing, facing the window. And then the window starts to lean out, as if you're pulling... You know, like sometimes you get a, um, a drawer in a cupboard where the bottom half is hinged, and the top half allows you to open it, so it opens out like a segment almost. That's what the window does at Chicago 360. You tilt out a little bit, and you shit yourself a little bit. And then you tilt out a bit more... And you shit yourself a little bit more. But then you think it's done. And then what happens? Then you tilt out even more.
1: And it turns into a... Well... We found out three times.
0: A shit yourself situation. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, though, not on the three.
0: No, we never did. But there was a woman in our group because there's like six people. She chickened out. She chickened out, yeah. There's like six people going at a time. So it was three of us and three random people. And a woman, I knew she was going to bottle it because she was asking the person before we even went in if I don't like it, can I step back? So she was, she'd already decided she was gonna step back before we got in there. And I was scared as well, and so was Joshua, and so was Sarah, but I need to call her scarer because she was scared. <laughs> um, but I'd already decided that I wasn't stepping back no matter what, because I'd rationalized in my head, it's obviously safe, it's thick glass, you're holding onto these bars, there's nothing to worry about. But of course your brain, we've evolved, to process and avoid scary situations. So you're quite literally going against revolution. So I was in the window, but I was thinking, I'm not stepping back no matter what happens. And then I noticed another woman step back. And then we got the video afterwards and you see her bottle it before the second tilt, really. She went early. She was never going to last, but can't judge her. You know, we're all afraid of different things. She clearly does not like heights. You might ask yourself why, if you're afraid of heights, you'd go up the 360 building and then pay the extra money to get tilted out a thousand feet over the streets of Chicago. But, you know, maybe she was hoping to conquer her fear that day.
1: It did not work.
0: (laughs) It did not work. Um, But the rest of that day, we then went into Andersonville, which is where the Chicago Magic Lounge is. And we went to a taco place. Now, tacos in America are a wonderful thing. Oh, yes. Tacos in England are a terrible thing. Yeah. Hard shell, crappy tacos. Whereas in America, it's a you soft can shell. You get
1: nice ones, it's just hard to find. Yeah,
0: it's not common. And yeah. still not as good. But these tacos are small, soft shell. I ordered loads of different stuff, didn't I? so good. I... I'm sad
1: you had to leave halfway through.
0: How many tacos did I order? Like, 12? Uh, I don't know. I think I was about 12 tacos and juritos as well, yeah. which we had too. And I did the whole order in Spanish. Haritos are the best. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. And then I paid the bill in Spanish and then I left. But I paid it with dollars because they weren't accepting euros.
1: Didn't you say that it was like it really annoyed you when you tried to talk someone in, to someone in like a language and then they just talked to you in English?
0: Yeah, I don't, I understand why, but I don't like it when people try to help you by just speaking English. Like, it's obvious that you're English when you speak Spanish with an English accent and a little slower. And I get that they try to help you by speaking English, but I'd rather we stuck with it because that's the only way to get better and to learn. So I wouldn't say it really annoys me. There's plenty of things that really annoy me. That I just would say is a minor. Like me. Way, No, you're all right. There's a minor, it's a minor frustration because I think I haven't said anything wrong. I've ordered correctly and I'd rather, the thing you don't get to practice by yourself is listening to and understanding other people's speaking languages. So that's what you need more practice at. So, but that's okay. We had the tacos, but then I had to leave you early, didn't I? Because I had to go and lecture.
1: I'm so sorry
0: for you. No, that's all right. You missed out. Well, I didn't miss out because then you went to the toilet after the tacos and spent two hours in the bathroom, from what I understand. The whole time I was teaching my shit, you were trying to get rid of yours. It was not
1: nice in there as well. It was not a very nice bathroom. No. It was like...
0: It wasn't a very nice bathroom. Hold on, you're telling me...
1: Before I went in, and especially after I went out.
0: You're telling me that the bathroom in a Mexican restaurant... Was not very nice. No,
1: that's not what I mean. Well, you do surprise me. It was like, no, not like the toilet itself. I mean, like, it was like moldy and there was like green
0: jelly. That's pico de gallo. Huh? That's what they put on the tacos. I'm
1: going to go pee. Yeah.
0: I'm hardly surprised that the toilet in a Mexican restaurant wasn't exactly lovely. It was
1: like green jelly growing things.
0: Dude, this is a room where people who eat predominantly chili go into the toilet. It's
1: I mean, I'm being a bit harsh.
0: It's not exactly going to be a spa, is it? <laughs> you know, there's, it's, it's not a great place, but that's okay. You seem to spend a lot of time in there, and I went and lectured for magicians. And then in between, I met up with you again, and this is the bit where I'm going to bail you off, really, because I'll know everything that you know in a minute. You went to Margie's Candies, and you turned the lights off, and I went and performed my... Uh, oh, and we met up again, and then we went to Woolly Mammoth. Do you remember Woolly Mammoth, the antique shop?
1: That's oh, yeah, and it's all spooky. No, we did that before we went to like the tacos place and you went to the Chicago Magic Lounge.
0: I thought it was in between.
1: No, I was not We did we, that first. What
0: did we do in between? So we
1: got there, we walked to the shop and we looked at all the spooky stuff. Uh-huh. Then we went to the... T- t- I didn't the meet Chicago you in between, Magic did I? Lounge. Then yeah. we went to the Chicago Magic Lounge and I had a look around and took some pictures. Yeah. And then we went to the tacos place and then you had to run.
0: Yeah, and I didn't meet you in between because I went out with Ryan instead. Hmm. And That's i only met Ryan. I know you have. Um, and then I met you afterwards and we went to Portillo's. All right, I'm going to finish this by myself. Say bye to the friends. You've been on the podcast for 25 minutes.
1: I did better than I thought I was going to do. Yeah, you did good. Bye, friends. It was a good
0: chat. Did you enjoy being a podcast guest again?
1: Uh, yeah, it's been like two years
0: now. Yeah. How mm-hmm. many
1: episodes have you done?
0: What, in the last two years?
1: No, like, in total.
0: <laughs> Only three or four. What? <laughs> uh, according to the people who listen to it, not nearly enough. Well, in two years, I should have done 104 episodes because I do one a week, apparently. But I've probably done about 30 episodes in two years, if that.
1: I don't two know. years? 30 episodes?
0: Well, I've been a bit on and off, haven't I? I've not had the time. We've got a lot of stuff going on, kid. Yeah. It's been busy times. Right. You
1: know what you're gonna do now. What? One week, just constant episodes. Every hour, film an episode, post it. Film an episode, post it. Film an episode.
0: I can't do that. But I'm gonna do this one, and I'm gonna do one next week. I think I'm gonna try and stay consistent now, at least till the end of the year, and see how we feel in 2024. (laughs) Right. I'm
1: surprised we made it to 2024.
0: Me too. Say bye to the friends, and I'll continue on.
1: Cheerio, mates.
0: What accent was that you were doing? I don't even know. <laughs> All right. Um,
1: I am my head out.
0: Friends, that's it for Joshua. I'm going to give him his instructions, which will involve going and putting his pyjamas on and checking if he's got any homework. You love homework, don't you? No. <laughs> Say bye, friends. Bye. Oh, friends, So I've just said goodbye to Joshua. He's gone upstairs to get changed into his pyjamas and check if he's got any homework. But I just realised that we're currently at an hour and four minutes. And we've only covered a little bit more of Chicago. So I'm going to tell the rest of the story next week, which means you are guaranteed another podcast a week from now. Um, I don't know what I talked about in the last hour and a bit. Honestly, I do not know. Had Joshua on for way longer than I expected. But um, I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you did and I'll record next week's. Um, that's going to be it then. That's, you know, it's over an hour. That's, that's what I do. All right, bye, friends.